Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You'll also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Welcome to this episode of the Software People Stories. My guest today is Smita B.S. In her over 17 years of career across multiple industry verticals, she has played various roles. She talks about the advice she got from one of her mentors about not drawing self-imposed boundaries and how mentors played a great role in nudging her to take on new responsibilities and always providing guidance. She also talks about how she got an opportunity to experience a production issue related to code that was developed by her team earlier and her transition to a leadership role when possibly overnight some peers became members in her team and how she learned the importance and the art of delegation when one takes up increasing responsibilities. In all this, how not to be stressed when taking on more responsibility and juggling the load on work as well as at home with two kids and how she finds her personal balance. And finally, her advice for new entrants to the IT profession and many more points that we cover in this very interesting conversation. Listen on. Hi, Smita. Welcome to the Software People Stories. We're really happy to have you as a guest. And like we normally do, the best introductions are self-introductions. So we'll start with your origin story or how you got into software. Thank you. Thanks for uh, calling me onto the show, uh, Shiv Guru. Yeah, sure. About me, uh, my name is Sita. And um, with respect to my professional career itself, I've basically done my uh, engineering from uh, BMS College of Engineering in Bangalore. And I passed out in the year uh, 2003. So ever since, um, I've basically taken up various roles in terms of uh, development or uh, quality assurance and validation services, then configuration management. And, and as part of project management, I've done various aspects in terms of platform migration kind of project, uh, data migration project, digital transformation and uh, integration. And all along, in terms of the domain, I worked across various domains, predominantly in uh, telecommunication, but uh, also in uh, healthcare, retail and energy management kind of sector. So the most recent role that I play is as a delivery head as part of uh, software services delivery. And uh, yeah, as part of this role itself, my core responsibilities are in terms of uh, managing the uh, project portfolio, both in terms of digital and integration kind of projects for certain set of accounts. So that's pretty much in a nutshell uh, what I do in terms of professionally. And uh, on a personal note, uh, I'm married to an IT techie uh, person and I have two um, little boys. And yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, my introduction. Oh, wonderful. You have such a variety of experience and I'm sure right. you know, we'll find a lot of stories that our listeners would find very interesting. Right. So you mentioned that you had done development, QA, validation, configuration management, then project management and all that. How did you handle these role transitions? Right. So when I started off, the very initially, it was uh, predominantly uh, software development. And a couple of years into software development, the transition was not like, you know, uh, drastically into like, okay, you just drop development and move to a QA or the validation services kind of a thing. 
So it was more in terms of I was involved in building kind of unit test frameworks, etc., which was kind of um, like a, you could say exposed to still the development side of it. While I was getting to know on the intended purpose of this frame, framework being used for testing, etc. So uh, that kind of introduced me on to the validation side of things in terms of what happens. And uh, when there were kind of opportunities along these lines, and at that point, my leads or my managers kind of discussed with me in terms of now that you have a kind of fair level of exposure in terms of what the intended framework that you were building for, why don't you also give it a shot in terms of actually carrying out this uh, validation uh, activities itself, which uh, according to uh, them, they felt that it gives us like a holistic uh, view uh, in terms of working across different streams. And uh, so at that point, uh, to be very honest with you, I think back in those days, the kind of exposure that we had in terms of what exactly each of these streams does or uh, what the intended uh, output from each of these streams was a little um, kind of blur and uh, I was always looking for something which is new where, wherein I can learn and if very initially at least the first four five years uh, when my leads or my managers would tell me that you know I think you, know, you should give it a shot at something like this I kind of readily took it on and as long as I enjoyed doing it I kind of made sure uh, that, you know, I give it my uh, 200% to kind of get into uh, uh, the role. And, you know, obviously it's not um, easy. When I have done uh, operations uh, roles as well, and the kind of shift from, you know, across these uh, streams that we see, it's, it's never easy. And it, it requires a lot of commitment and effort from my side as well. But luckily I've had um, good mentors who took me through this journey and uh, wherever there were gaps, they kind of assisted me. They, they showed me the path in terms of this is where you need to improve on. This is what you need to do. And uh, I was happy to kind of pick it up. And since I kind of enjoyed it, I think I took it more as a challenge uh, for myself rather than looking at it as, oh, this is something that I've not done and maybe I shouldn't give it a try. So I wanted to uh, try different things. And as long as I enjoyed it and I was happy doing it, I was kind of all out for it. So that was the kind of a mindset that I eventually started off with. And I think that somewhere um, was noticed by the kind of people I was working with, my mentors, my leads and managers. And um, whenever there was, there was an opportunity for me to do something different, like, you know, uh, roles like I was moved to configuration management. And I did a few years of work at the client locations as well. And there were meetings that I was taken into for representing our organization. I mean, I predominantly worked for um, a services uh, company and um, to kind of be in a, a very young in your career with just three to four years experience representing your organization to have meaningful discussions on their part. So there was a lot of ammunition that I got from a lot of people I worked with. And also, I think it was because I, that's something that I enjoyed doing and I just didn't want to do what I'm doing for a long time. I wanted to try different things. And very, very initially in my career, this kind of stayed with me. Uh, one of my managers who had said that, um, you know, never draw boundaries that this is all that I'm going to do and don't close doors that I don't want to explore beyond that. Because unless you do that, you don't understand the meaning of why that is there. And also it will not give you that holistic view of anything which is going to be useful for you say 10 years or 15 years down the line like 
if you have to manage a project if you are a technical architect for or an enterprise architect kind of a person you need that broad view you need that um, understanding of what happens all around not just one aspect of it so uh, that is something which kind of stayed with me and i think you know because of that i was kind of ready to um, uh, do this and the the transition itself uh, luckily for me it kind of like i said it's um, i've had good mentors and leaders that i worked with and of course uh, it also meant that i had to invest a lot of uh, time from my side whenever i took up something new i think that fear of failure that i don't want to fail kind of drove me to um, put in a lot of effort in in terms of making sure that um, i don't disappoint the people who've actually offered me this opportunity kind of a thing wow smita that's a wonderful attitude and a great message for the listeners about not drawing boundaries around yourself and also always looking for something to learn now related to that while you were learning and you were taking on these new roles were there any more of funny incidents that something that worked in your previous role when you tried that in a new role didn't or had a say unexpected effect funny incidents uh, uh, um yeah i mean i'm sure uh, i've had a good laugh at uh, different times but to actually think of it in terms of when you are i think the very simple things is um, actually especially when you are in your initial uh, career the you know if you are working as a developer and um, you know you see there is an issue on production and stuff like that so it's it's always convenient to say that you know it's um, uh, the production support people say it's a problem with delivery or the developers and the developers will say no the testers didn't um, do this properly so funnily enough um, so i was a part of a team and um, it so happened that the module that we had uh, developed and um, there were some issues with respect to um, uh, you know when it was rolled on to uh, production and as part of maintenance phase and um, at that point i had had a transition on to um, one of these uh, support uh, roles where i was involved in uh, production support and i was working on a shift and um, so that the, the kind of mentality that obviously when you know the whole team is like oh there is an issue you know you don't have to look further into it you just pass it on to the development team because it's their headache and it's not ours kind of a thing so i did that only to realize that um, okay i was part of the bigger team which actually you know delivered this kind of module so um, it it was something that i can laugh about it now but i think uh, back then it seems a little funny to me now that i was actually pointing fingers at a team when the, where i was actually a part of and you know kind of implementing it but um, back then is what uh, you know um, i was working with a certain set of leads and who actually told me that again kind of reemphasize this message of uh, don't you know uh, draw boundaries saying operations is only going to look at this and not beyond it kind of a thing so if there is a problem until the problem is solved whether the solution lies with you or not it's also your responsibility to make sure that you get to that solution so that kind of um, you know uh, those were the days i mean when we were kind of like trying to work together and and when you know when it is a services industry you also work with lot of interfacing systems which are delivered by different vendors also uh, so one of the managers had actually told me be it within your teams or cross vendors it is very important that you don't pass the buck you have to make sure the issue is raised against your team whether it's sorted at your end or not but uh, it is important that uh, you are you stay on top of it un- until it gets resolved so uh, these kind of uh, funny things back then but 
there's a lot of lessons learned from it which i kind of have helped me i think uh, shape up my career and also the, this kind of lessons learned is what helps me passes on also to my teams or the people that i work with in terms of telling them how they need to stand up to issues and how they need to work towards finding a, re- a resolution rather than just passing the buck kind of a thing so um yeah so uh, th- this is one of the thing that i could uh, recollect but yeah i might need to think really hard to it's been close to like 17 years now so um the most part of i think the funny side of it was like the initial few years So uh, one of the uh, stuff that I can remember is this. Wonderful. In fact, uh, those were some questions that I had based on what you said. I'll come to that. Uh, before that, uh, talking of transitions, some of the examples that you gave were all from one technical role to another. So how was the transition to being a project manager or a leader when probably somebody who was your colleague or a teammate till the previous day now suddenly you are their leader yes yeah that's that is something that i have uh, experienced and that is also something which is very very difficult to kind of deal with i mean i think when perhaps i was uh, you know one of the team members and who had my peers growing up to be a leader in terms of how i dealt with it or how i kind of accepted that and obviously you know you have that when you are all professionals and there is some sense of healthy competition across the people there is this tendency to feel like oh you know what like you know why why him or her and stuff like that so i knew that kind of um, uh, difficulty would be there in uh, in acceptance when perhaps i moved up to take up that role and i i did have many situations like that and um, uh, i think i took the onus on me to make it to kind of make sure that i have to not show the uh, being a project manager is what it it is a role it's it's not that i have to kind of enforce my power or you know my decisions forcefully on people so i wanted to keep it like uh, you know with a lot of space given to um, uh, to people and uh, of course most of the peers that i was working with were already playing roles of technical leads or architects kind of uh, roles and just because i you know took up the role of a project manager doesn't mean that my equation with them had to change so i i think with with a couple of uh, difficult team people because you always have uh, different um, kind of mindsets of people that you need to deal with so there are people who are you know very easy and they don't really let such things affect you but there are people who the, the slightest uh, kind of uh, such uh, recognition or such kind of role they they start treating you very differently so i told myself that it the onus is going to be on me to kind of make it work so i kind of had my own way of like you know i tried to keep it i didn't change anything about the way i would hang out with them or kind of the rapport that i kept with them and it could be simple things of like going out for regular coffee and tea or lunch breaks with uh, with the same group that i used to hang out with and all of that and um, uh, but when it came to work obviously there are times when you know you have to exercise some level of uh, authority just because the role demands it not just just for the heck of it kind of a thing so i kind of made sure from my end that uh, when it comes to work it, it is a role that we are playing but when it comes to uh, personal aspects or the kind of friendship that i had with people or or the kind of activities that we did i still continue to do that and i think that kind of made it a little more um, accepting for them and and of course many of the guys i knew the kind of work they did and i knew how responsible were they what they were so i made it clear to them say see i am here to kind of bring this project together 
So I'm going to give you your space. You have your freedom to run it the way you want. Of course, there are going to be pointers that you need to kind of make sure that you need to. So as, as long as you don't, uh, you reach out to me if you need my assistance or guidance or help or support in any way. But otherwise, I'm going to trust you with this and I'm going to let you do this. So that is the kind of equation that I had. And I think it worked with, um, with most people. And um, I think quite a few projects on this kind of um, role, new role that I took up and stuff like that. So I think that kind of equation, it, it kind of helped me through the situations. And of course, I think, uh, although I say I took the onus on me, and I'm sure even uh, for the people working with me, they had to look at things, uh, look at it differently in terms of how they need to work with me in terms of okay, what is it that they can decide for themselves and when do they need to come to me? And what are the common kind of things that we need to discuss together, work it out together, those kind of aspects. So I think I try to keep it very open and very honest with with everybody who was my direct set of reportees. And I think it worked well. And I don't try to, when I trust a person is going to do a job and I kind of seen that I'm confident that they can take it up and do it. I don't try to micromanage or, you know, get into every small decision making that they are involved in and etc. So I kind of leave it to them. And so they, they also understood that, you know, I'm doing a different role and, you know, their role is not affected because of the new role that I've taken it up. And I think it worked for me that way. Very nice. But this transition from an individual contributor to a leader, how did it impact your time management? Yeah. So I think very initially when um, I started slowly moving from, um, of course, you know, I I didn't directly jump from um, an individual contributor to a project manager. So I was also doing a project lead kind of a role, which was more like a technical lead kind of a thing for a small set of team of three to four members before I started taking up the bigger role. So one thing, uh, one of the managers that I worked with, the moment I took over this role of leadership, so there were a lot of things that I still would do. You know, I was very kind of hesitating to delegate. So uh, I thought that I have to be on top of everything. I have to review everything. I have to make sure everything that comes out of my team is perfect with absolutely as much as possible with the minimal issues. So I got myself involved in way too many things. I will be honest that I did struggle um, initially when I took up this role. And of course, that was quite visible uh, to my managers as well because I was spending uh, long hours just because by nature as well, I like things to be uh, very meticulous and I want things to be perfect and I don't want to let down uh, my team or my manager. So I have that kind of a mindset and because of that, I really pushed myself to make sure, okay, uh, you know, I will involve myself in this. And so although there were new people who were actually taking up that role, I was reluctant to give this out to them. But I think um, one thing that what one of my managers at that point told me is that if you want to grow in your career, you have to also learn to let go and um, trust people who are working with you. Of course, you should have uh, kind of defined checkpoints or milestones where you're going to sit and review. It's not like, you know, you delegate and forget, but you cannot get yourself involved in everything. So I started listing out the tasks that I was doing at that point. And I started looking at, okay, uh, and I mapped it role-wise, actually, who should be doing all of this. And I realized that almost 50 to 60 percent of the tasks that I was doing, I can actually uh, make sure that I make other people responsible for it. And I can have uh, the regular checkpoints to make sure I measure that it's going the right way. 
So I did, I started doing that and uh, I really, really have to thank my manager at that point because she invested so much time in me to help me through this. It's not that I did this just by myself. So she would ask me questions like, okay, list this out. So who do you think has to do it? Who is, uh, when I say who, in terms of role. So she, she used to ask me these kind of questions, which would make me think as to, okay, let me sit down. Let me break it down. Let me look at giving the uh, ownerships to who should actually drive this and how do I measure it? So these were questions which were asked by my manager, which helped me to kind of break this down and and look at like a stepwise thing. And I started slowly stepping away. Okay, this is this I'm going to leave it to you. I made it very clear. Expectations were very clearly set that this is these are one, two, three, four, five. These are things that you're going to own it. You're going to ensure that this is going to be done. And there is going to be a checkpoint on this day or at this point, which we are going to sit together and review it to make sure that this gate is passed. So that kind of a breakdown of activities and mapping it to roles and how do I measure it? Where, where should the checkpoint be? So I think that really helped me in terms of this transition to uh, take the uh, management role. And also by doing this, I feel I also empowered my team to do uh, their roles effectively. And obviously when you give ownership to a person that I trust you with this job, get this done. I think every individual um, uh, feels more accountable to get it done effectively. So uh, that is something that I learned out of this whole exercise. And it also really helped me with respect to managing my time better. But it was it was not like I might say when I say it, it might sound like it happened in a week or two, but it, it did take a while. And uh, I think uh, as far as I remember, it took me about four to five months actually to kind of transition and it happened slowly over time. But yeah, I think I got the right guidance and the right kind of questions were asked to me, so which helped me put together a plan on how I could manage time better and also make my time available for the things that were set as expectations to me as well. Because obviously with the role, there were new expectations, there were new things that I had to live up to as well. So I can't keep doing what I was doing previously and still meet the expectations of the new role. So that was a win-win thing for me in terms of doing my role effectively as well as empowering my team to do their roles effectively. Very nice. Your personal transformation came through very clearly. You also mentioned a couple of things about learning to let go and empowering the teams. And earlier, you also mentioned that you take anything very seriously. You put in all your efforts to learn and you don't want to fail. So were these either causes of stress or after you started letting go, do you see a change in the stress levels that you go through? Stress is like, uh, again, I think it's, um, it means differently for different people. But for me, actually, I think in terms of, I wouldn't say uh, working long hours is equal to stress. In terms of, for me, at least, uh, if I think of stressful situations, Or how do I deal with uh, situations which are tricky and you don't know whether it's the right thing to do or not. And it comes in with a lot of preparedness and anticipating what could go wrong and what in these kind of situations, what can I do and uh, how prepared am I to look at this. But but coming back to your question in terms of how, I'm sorry, you said, uh, how do you deal with the stressful situations, right? Yeah. And how has that changed when you are feeling responsible completely and trying to do everything yourself to now starting to delegate and letting go. Yeah, yeah, right. So in terms of when you are trying to do everything yourself, what is more worrying at that point is that in an attempt to do everything by yourself, you are not able to uh, perhaps give your best to the absolute expectations of your role. 
so that is stressful or that is it it is there at the back of your mind that i'm not doing enough for uh, the role that i'm playing for example i moved into a project manager role and when i obviously uh, before i moved into the role there was a lot of uh, discussion that happened uh, with my managers in terms of what would be the expectations of the role so i clearly knew what i was signing up for what i'm supposed to deliver what is expected out of me and um, in this before i actually looked at passing on the responsibilities and making people more empowered in their roles when i was trying to do everything so there is this constant thing at the back of your mind that you are not doing enough for the role that you are supposed to do and you know it i mean you know that what you're going to be measured against and if you're not doing it it's very very clear to you that you are struggling to meet the expectations of the role so that was uh, in terms of i wouldn't say stressful but definitely worrying that um, perhaps i'm not ready for this role and i'm not doing it right but with like i said this exercise that we did and in terms of the guidance of my uh, manager that i kind of came up with a plan broke it down empowered the teams so obviously once i did that i could give more time in terms of what my role demanded and i started in terms of the outcome it also became visible to the uh, to the managers and and visible to me that okay this is what i want to achieve in 3 months this is what i need to do for my um, for my team this is what i need to do for myself because i also had career progression objectives set which was both in terms of um, skill upliftment and uh, new things that i have to learn as well so that obviously when when there's a lot on your plate especially the personal progression goals take a back seat because you think okay i can do this later let me first sort out this thing with respect to this project and all of that but what starts to suffer is your uh, learning objectives that you have perhaps certain a uh, new skill uh, training that has been planned for you all of that starts to kind of struggle so i i started making time for all of this consciously and i was able to do it i mean i i started managing my time better and and it became more fulfilling in terms of seeing that i'm able to deliver to the expectations of the role and um, the team is also happy because they are empowered with their uh, uh, responsibilities that they have been offered to so i think that i could see that difference from the way i managed as soon as i took up the role and uh, with all this change in um, empowering the team how it started being visible in my own progression in my own role that i've been uh, i was able to do that you mentioned the skill upliftment and also yeah. your own career growth etc and while you made yeah. time what sources right. do you depend on for your own development yeah so typically how it works in the organization that i have worked is basically you have like a segregation of goals which are set for you in terms of there are core goals which is more in terms of what your role demands you to do and there are also goals which are beyond your core responsibilities and uh, in terms of like say additional value that you can deliver and it's not just quoting the goal that you need to deliver but also in terms of support that you need it could be learning it could be trainings it could be uh, i don't know certain workshops or seminars that you need to attend etc so uh, this is something that we kind of draft for every year and personally i do it uh, for myself as well in terms of okay i'm getting into um, for example like you know until 5 6 years back i hadn't worked a lot in um, integration uh, space i mean digital transformation so you would have heard of like microservices and um, apis and stuff like that so that was something new to me like 6 7 years ago and so in terms of uh, when a role was discussed with me that might need to get into some 
something like this. What we came up together along with my manager in terms of the knowledge gaps, in terms of what is it that I need to work on. Be it so the sources were like there are a lot of internal uh, kind of courses which are available for us. And, you know, we have our own um, learning uh, portals wherein we can actually get a lot of materials and assignments, hands-on kind of activities as well. And there are also a lot of trainings that we organize for the entire team or even for the managers, like technical trainings, which um, I signed up for. So we have a training calendar which is published and you can sign up for the trainings which are relevant to you or what you want to take it up. That is something that is organized with the training department and I signed up for uh, stuff like that as well. And of course, uh, within your own team, like within my own team, I had a lot of technical architects, etc., who were extremely good in um, this space. And uh, I tried to make the maximum out of it. And uh, in terms of having conversations with them, in terms of having sessions from them, like we conducted workshops conducted by these guys and I arranged for it and for brought in people together. So they could give as much as possible. So, so it was multiple things. It was uh, in terms of uh, subscribing for these kind of training materials within the organization that we have, plus actually conducting trainings and workshops on this. And uh, we used to also have, on a lighter note, we used to have uh, fun things like we used to arrange for a quiz and uh, we used to have competitions in terms of if it is something with respect to uh, coding and all of that with use cases or problem statements, which were relevant to that. So I kind of took it together, like along with my team and I made it, I tried to make it a little more interesting for everyone. Because I think there's so many new things, new trends that are coming up and it's important for not just me, but uh, everybody in the team also to be kind of more aware and understand better or implement on these things on because we kind of work with our uh, customers as uh, partners and uh, we have to work with them in terms of uh, working along with them for their customer strategy in terms of what it needs to be technically, business-wise, etc. So if we are not able to upskill ourselves, it's very hard to have meaningful uh, conversations with uh, be it customers or your own teams. So I kind of made it a lot of it as a group learning uh, initiatives as well. So a lot of these kind of things, uh, programs we picked up for our teams and for my own plan drawn for skill enhancement as well and worked on it like quarter on quarter what I need to achieve. Very nice. Now moving away from work a little bit, as a mother of two young boys, I don't know how much time you get, but how do you relax? So, so uh, yeah, the good part about uh, kids, I mean, however hard, you know, I've had a long day or I've had a stressful day and a lot of things happening at work. So I was able to completely like get home and I spent time with the kids and I, I was just able to completely drop that part of uh, my day and completely just playing silly things with my kids or uh, for a couple of hours. It could be a simple game of like snake and ladder or Ludo or something like that. But just spending time with them, I think it really um, having kids, I, I mean, my elder one is like seven and the younger one is four. So uh, about seven, eight years back when I did, I mean, after my son was born, I, I joined back after when he was like uh, eight, nine months. So I was obviously, I was very, very apprehensive in terms of how will I manage. And uh, you always have that constant uh, uh, guilt at the background, you know, saying at the back of your mind, like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be with my kid or I should go ahead and try and manage both. But thankfully for me, I had a great uh, support system and uh, with uh, my parents lived close by. So, uh, you know, I was, the kids were in safe hands when I was at work. And although I used to have long hours at times, but um, I made sure that uh, I spent at least an hour or two with the kids playing with them and uh, 
uh, reading or it, it's simple uh, kind of stories that uh, he would uh, say about what happened uh, in his school or in his daycare and stuff like that and i would tell him stories about um, in, in 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 a in a way that he can understand of course in terms of what happened at work and some funny incidents so so just having those kind of uh, conversations and playing uh, silly games with the kids uh, it itself was completely like a big 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 uh, de-stress element for me and um, yeah there is always this thing of uh, whether you are giving enough time or not but i think luckily enough i think um, uh, i started uh, after having kids in both cases i started working quite early and uh, i think they they kind of um, accepted it as well uh, very easily and uh, if they, if i don't go to work i mean my son last niyama is everything okay are you not going to work today kind of a thing so mm-hmm. uh, it, there was never that pressure of they were failing away and i had a hard time leaving them back and going to a thing so i think it's important that you know and i've read a lot of stories to them about uh, working mothers and um, stuff like that so i think they also kind of know that you know i'm at work and sometimes it's very difficult for me and all of that and um, yeah so the moment i get back home it's all about them and and when i spend time with them i just completely forget about uh, about work and stuff and it helps me largely to a lot of my sanity is because of them because i'm able to drop things at the door and uh, forget about uh, things and not carry it into the home and of course whatever it is we deal with it the next day but um, uh, yeah i think that's that's like uh, it's simple things that i do with them nothing fancy but um, it just helps uh, in its own way to kind of help me uh, de stress wonderful it's nice that you are able to keep work aside and then just spend time with them you mentioned that your husband is also from it it is just yes. on the lighter side how much of it jargon comes into your conversations <laughs> so the uh, you know the uh, the unfortunate uh, side of it is uh, we work for the same um, organization as well so there's a lot of uh, cross uh, what happens in his team versus what happens in my team kind of conversations and uh, it, of course many a time we end up uh, discussing in terms of there is a kind of a problem and you know what is the kind of uh, how would i approach it how would he approach it and and what is the best way to kind of deal with things and all of that so it does come up very uh, very often and um, uh, however we do try to consciously try not to talk about it uh, considering that you know we work in the same organization so we know a lot of common people as well with respect to work so um, the lot of our conversation sometime you know it starts off as uh, not related to work but it ends up being like related to work because we have a lot of uh, uh, common things that common people that we know and uh, uh, stuff like that so uh, yeah so we consciously try to keep it out of conversations at home and especially with kids around because i mean there are many times and he you know in you know, uh, my son has also asked me you know what you're talking about some some uh, transformation what transformation is this and, i mean there was a discussion oh, wow. having about di- digital transformation and he related it to transformers and something else so so he kind of picks it up and he and then i realize okay you know uh, there are these uh, uh, you know conversations that we end up having which perhaps uh, kind of keep it a little low, but it helps in a way because um, uh you get to know a different uh, perspective and uh, also uh, the suggestions and and there and it's more honest and more direct right when it is your own spouse telling you that you know you could have done this better or this is probably not right and uh, stuff like that so yeah there are conversations that we frequently have and it is um, uh, many a time like you know, very useful and 
has helped me as well in terms of my own work and stuff like that. Very interesting, Smita. As we come to the end of this conversation, there's one question that I would like to ask most of my guests. Right which is uh, what would be your advice to people who are considering a career in IT now, particularly in this situation of the post-COVID where people may have to work alone or independently or in a dispersed mode. For freshers, what should they be prepared for or do you see any specific things that they should watch out for? Yeah, so I think from having worked with uh, freshers over the years and uh, while most of it freshers at least for the first few years mostly work in um, in the physical location or that the office location itself i do see that there is a large uh, ownership that they have to take it on themselves because i think culturally uh, the at least the kind of recent um, uh, years the last 5 to 6 years uh, of course i can't generalize it but i think culturally itself there is so much of a change in terms of how the freshers nowadays um, take it on and uh, take the, I mean, how seriously they take their job or they prefer being told, uh, you know, do this and that's all they will do. Not beyond that or the exploratory nature of trying to see, find out more or that being more is something that is, I see as it's a bit lacking. Of course, I can't generalize it. There are definitely set of uh, some percentage of people who, who still have that in them. But I think on a more general note, culturally, I think the industry has become such that um, compared to how it was when we all started off, the enthusiasm to learn and how deep the depth of uh, getting into a problem or you know finding the best possible optimized solutions or uh, the most um, kind of exploring on their own. They uh, many a time I think they they kind of think it is going to be offered to them you know on a platter kind of a thing. But um, uh, considering this situation. I think uh, my message to the people who are seeking a career in IT, uh, especially the freshers, I think um, it's uh, the, they have to take a lot of onus on them in terms of learning, set like measurable kind of um, targets that they need to achieve. Yes, there will be kind of a roadmap, a kind of a direction which is given uh, by uh, whoever is conducting the training or the mentors or etc. But uh, the ownership of being honest and uh, giving your 100% to it and uh, making sure that there are measurable outcomes they define for themselves that they can actually achieve and uh, making sure that they're committed to whatever task they pick up because I have also seen that uh, this generation sometimes gives up very easily and you know they try for a couple of times and they say okay this is not happening and I need help but uh, I remember when I started my uh, lead and my mentor Uh, He told me that don't come to me if you don't have at least five possible ways of solving this problem. He never told me he Mm won't help me, but he said, you have to come back to me with at least, you know, like these many ways of solving this problem. And I will tell you which is the best way to do it and why. Right. So it it really, I think, nurtured the way we think and uh, made us what we are today. But I think Today, I have seen like many, many of the youngsters, they try once and they, and also today, information is so easily available. There's so many blogs and forums you subscribe to, and there's a lot of information that is offered to you as well, which was not so easy back then. I mean, uh, the access to that kind of forums and all was was certainly limited compared to how it is today. And in spite of the fact that uh, all this is, uh, you know, kind of available and they can reach out to these kind of things as well in terms of finding alternate ways, etc. I feel that they kind of give up easily. 
so i i think honestly trying um, things on their own it's okay if uh, they need to understand it's okay to make mistakes nobody is going to learn um, without making mistakes and we've all done that like i have made blunders uh, in you know making different choices or in implementations missing requirements earlier uh, early part of your career or even even now i mean we all make mistakes and learn so just to just to make sure they clear an assignment and they meet the percentage that they need to they don't need to just like understand stuff at surface level and just kind of replicate it and you know get through they need to make sure it's okay if they make mistakes but they learn from it and um, they but they understand the concept they understand the technologies to to the deepest possible and they and they shouldn't fear to ask questions when they are making mistakes as well that is something that i see is people don't ask enough questions either they are scared or i i never you know for me uh, whenever i conduct any session and then people don't ask questions i will never know if they didn't understand or they really understood it so well that they don't have questions so because we were uh, back in those days we used to ask a lot of questions i mean there were times when our mentors would say like okay we're going to have a half an hour time for ourselves when nobody is going to ask any questions because that many questions mm-hmm. everybody i mean it's not okay. just me i think culturally everyone were like that and everyone was like everything that you we kind of learned like why like this why why not that how why not an alternate approach kind of a thing so these days i feel that is uh, significantly reduced in terms of the kind of uh, asking the questions either they fear asking or they don't have any questions i don't or they think it's okay we'll just sit through this and you know we'll reflect it on later and come back if there are any questions i i have no idea but i think um, that fear has to go and they should ask not hesitate to reach out to their mentors even though they don't physically see them or you know they're sitting at their homes or because uh, in general i think um, every person is uh, happy to help only if they are asked for nobody is going to go out of the way and try to help you if they don't know you have a problem so i think uh, the onus should be on these freshers to reach out for help when they are stuck take ownership of uh, giving that commitment being honest because uh, i have also heard a lot of people you know they're saying oh we are working from home we are freshers so you know there's not going to be much work so we can chill and post some instagram stories and uh, you know we can just while away time but i think this is this is where you to make or break your career because the foundation is being built now and that foundation has to be really solid be it uh, technical skills be it your attitude your approach the professionalism the discipline everything is uh, going to really impact the kind of person they will be 15 20 years later and it's so important that um, you know uh, all of these aspects they kind of make sure that although they're sitting at home they need to be committed they need to be honest they need to take this on and uh, reach out when something is not clear and um, yeah i think be serious about whatever uh, Uh, assignments are given to them and uh, make sure that it's done on time they pick it up on time and not just be laid back just because nobody is monitoring them because they are at their home so i think that self driven attitude has to come into the uh, to to everyone to make sure that they find themselves in a better place in future very well put smita that's about all the time we have for this conversation i'm sure we'll Thank have an opportunity you. to talk something more particularly one of the themes that we want to explore in the future is it couples that's, that's going to be a fun right. conversations once we are a little clearer we'll get back to you on that sure, sure. so thanks a lot for being on the show thank you thank you shivaguru thank you for calling me and it's a pleasure talking to you and always has been thank you
we thank siddharth for the music and malavika for promoting the software people stories if you like this episode please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network if you'd like to share your story contact us at podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com